So who's old enough to remember the Bicentennial, 1976? I remember that. It was uh, so huge. It was like the 4th of July times 100, a great big national birthday party that seemed to last all year long. You know, we're only two years from the 250th birthday party for America, 250 years since the Declaration of Independence was signed. But even before that, there's another document. A uh, very rare one that's uh, available to, uh, well, the privileged few, perhaps, who can afford it. It was um, kind of put the American people on notice that if you do business with the British, uh, you better watch out. It's a placard from the Sons of Liberty. We're joined now by Peter Clarinet. He's the vice president, senior specialist, Americana for books and manuscripts over at Christie's, the great auction house. Peter, uh, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, look, everybody knows the Declaration of Independence, the uh, the Constitution. This item up for grabs at, at Christie's on Wednesday is not as well known, but it's perhaps even more intriguing. Can you tell us a little bit about it? It is quite intriguing. Um, it's it's really, in my mind, and in many and many historians' minds, this is the place where the American Revolution begins in earnest. We all talk about George Washington and Alexander Hamilton and all these, uh, all these huge figures. But we also know that the revolution was really started by ordinary people like you and me. And this is a document that really brings that home in a very, very fundamental way. Uh, these were posted in October 1763, about a week before something called the Stamp Act was supposed to take, play, uh, was supposed to take effect. Uh, the Stamp Act was a means of the British government to raise revenue in the colonies, uh, partly in front of, in part of the huge debt they incurred uh, fighting the French and Indian War. Um, the, uh, the, the act itself came in the wake of a commercial depression in Ameri- many American cities uh, that enjoyed a, a, a great deal of largesse that was coming out of the French and Indian War, lots of soldiers coming over, a lot of money being spent, Soldiers could go on privateering voyages. 1763, the French and Indian War ends. Britain is victorious, but now there's no more work. And now Britain is looking to raise more money. Um, Because it was not, uh, no one was consulted, uh, we have a very, very, very bad reaction throughout the colonies in August of 1765. The news news comes in in spring of uh, 1765. Uh, You see uh, riots in Boston and Newport in August. But really, the most concerted and violent reaction to the Stamp Act came in New York City. And these are the placards, these handwritten placards that read, Pro-Patria, the first man that either distributes or makes use of stamped paper, let him take care of his house, his persons, and effects. And signed, Vox Populi, or Latin, for for the voice of the people. And then a little little, uh, P.S., We Dare. Um, yes, many, many, uh, many cities did protest uh, the Stamp Act, but no one ever went and crossed that line by publicly threatening the lives of those who would comply with the Stamp Act. Now, can I ask you this about the text, what you just read there? Um, yes. I mean, it's a little bit, is it coded language today? It doesn't read as we're going to, we're going to, uh, you're subjected to violence. I mean, let him take care of his house, person and effects. Does that mean like wrap it up because you're about to die if you do this? Yes, it's 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 a not very subtle. In 18th century prose, it's not very subtle. It's pretty it's it's pretty direct. <laughs> it's definitely very direct. 
And yes, and these placards set off uh, uh, un- an unprecedented degree of violence. Um, the uh, a, a, a day-long siege of Fort George on the Battery on November 1st, uh, and it ultimately resulted, the, this, this, these protests ultimately resulted in the Stamp Act being rescinded by London. Uh, but it didn't end anything because Britain uh, and Parliament reserved the right to tax the colonies, something they continued to do uh, throughout the next decade. And really, this begins the road uh, to Lexington and Concord, ten years, uh, a little less than 10 years after this document appears on the streets of New York. I'm looking at a picture of the document right now. It has that, you know, it looks like old parchment. It's uh, script handwriting. And by the way, you say violence. Um was it the Sons of Liberty, and they put this thing out? Were they going after people who actually did use paper that was stamped? Who was the violence actually between? Well, the the, the, the violence was directed against the royal government. Um, fortunately for everybody involved, cooler heads prevailed, and uh, in the end of the day, no one no one was actually hurt in this in this uh, in this particular instance. Uh, but the, the the possibility was there. Um, people were, uh, as this crisis went on in New York City, there were people coming in from the countryside uh, who were volunteering to fight. And New York arguably came very, very close to an out, to an open civil war in October, November of 1765. Wow. You know, people forget New York. There's so much stuff that happened here uh, related to the Revolutionary War and the Revolution. All right, so this piece of paper, how many are there like this in the world that we know of? There are only two. There we have the one here, and the other one is at the British National Archives uh, that was uh, sent to London by the acting governor of New York, Pat Walter Colden, uh, three days after the fact, uh, with a letter uh, saying, essentially saying, "This is really bad, and there's uh, we we need to do something about this." For uh, just to just to par- just to paraphrase his work, uh, the this this really spooked the British. Uh, it uh, Thomas Gage, the commanding general of forces in North America, actually ordered a military survey that resulted in one of the greatest uh, maps ever made of 18th century Manhattan, the Ratsford Plan. Uh, so they were they were actively planning for for more trouble after after the after this after this incident. So this is uh, quite the item, and there are collectors out there. What do you have a guesstimate on how much this thing is worth? And, and well, our <laughs> our presale estimate is four to six million dollars. Mm. Um, we are we we place that there because we uh, honestly there's nothing to compare this with. Uh, there is no other. Do- this document has never appeared on the market. The only other uh, one in the market is in our archives. It's, it, it is unobtainable. Um, so, but we think it's commensurate with many of the ver- with, in terms of price with many of uh, important objects that have come to market over the past couple of decades. All right. So it's up uh, for sale, up for auction. Uh, Christie's on Wednesday night, right? Uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, it is lot number ninety eight. Uh, it'll be uh, the session will start at 2 p.m. on Wednesday the 17th at Christie's, and you can see it here today and tomorrow at our Rockefeller Center galleries. And what about this? I mean, is it going to be? Is it a traditional auction? I mean, I know him from the movies. You know, I know it from uh, what was that movie? North by Northwest. You know, when the guy starts disrupting the thing. I mean, do people like have little paddles? And is there somebody on yeah. the phone sometimes? Is that how it goes down? Exactly. So we will take phones in the room. We'll take them. We will uh, be on the phones and people can even bid on the Internet. All right. Hey, by the way, your title. Uh, let's see here. You're uh, Americana. Americana. Yes. I, I, I like hearing Americana, but what is the difference between 
American and Americana. Americana refers to like, I don't know, like physical. The physical remains of America. What is Americana? Yeah, it's essentially the things that everyone left behind. It could be a document like this. It can be a poster bed. It can be uh, a piece of American portraiture, whether it be Washington or Jefferson. Uh, it can be folk art by itinerant portrait artists who worked in the uh, in the late 18th century, early 19th century, um, and and everything in between. Um, other things so you can come down here and see we actually have a pair of alexander hamilton's pocket pistols uh we have a spectacular portrait of george washington by gilbert stewart uh all these things uh will be uh on display as part of our uh what we call americana week here at christie's all right excellent 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 hey uh how did you get into this you personally well as it, as it happens uh i grew up uh not far from uh, Barstown National Historical Park, and I was seven years old during the bicentennial. Uh, so I used to go up to uh, up to up to see Washington's headquarters and go to the soldier huts to see where the Washington's army camped for the winter, and that's really where I caught the bug. Yeah, you know early. what? Me too. I I was about the same age for the bicentennial. We went yeah. we went crazy, and we loved it. I hope I hope that the nation comes together for the 250th anniversary. You know, it's a, I know it's kind of divisive time or whatever, but uh, maybe, maybe that would be beautiful. Well, Peter Clarinet from Christie's, we thank you so much. What's that lot number again? It is lot number 98. Lot number 98 and a truly interesting piece. And I like what you said there, that this shows you the revolution started with the people. You know, not just those philosopher kings, right? This was, nope. this was from the ground up. Peter, thank you very, very much. Good luck with the auction and we'll be right back.